that. Hey, let's get into our scripture here this morning. We are in our series called Relationship Killers. And today we are in James chapter 4. If you have an old-fashioned paper Bible, it's near the back of your Bible. If you have a mobile device and you don't have a Bible on your mobile device, go to corechurch.com. You can download the Bible there. Or you can pick up a free Bible at the Next Steps room. They're free. You don't have to ask any questions. Just go pick one up after the service. We want everybody to have the Word of God. What's great, though, is we've been in this series called Relationship Killers, and we're walking through the five chapters of James. Next week, Laura is going to be sharing... Uh, for Mother's Day, she's going to be talking about complaining, which is really, oh, don't, woo, don't whoop nothing, because this week that puts me and the kids on edge, because we can't complain all week, or we're going to become a sermon illustration. Don't think I don't know that, so we are totally on edge. Mom's going to be talking about complaining, so we're just going to be nice all week long, so we don't end up as a sermon illustration. Then, we're actually, um, I really felt led that we need to extend this series by a couple of weeks, so we're adding a couple of bonus weekends to this. Uh, one weekend we're going to be talking about Fifty Shades of Grey area, so you want to be here for that after Mother's Day, and then we're going to have a relationship Q&A, which I'm pretty excited about as well, because I know there's so many questions that people have of issues and struggles you're dealing with in relationships that we can't get to uh, in this series. And by the way, if you have a question, you can submit that. Just take a next step card and just say, here's the question I have for week six of this series. We won't use your name. It'll all be anonymous, but we'd like to know what your questions are so you can submit those to us. So let's go to James chapter 4. That's where we are, James chapter 4, and verses uh, 1 through 8. James is the half-brother of Jesus. He is now one of the key leaders in the church, and he writes this letter to uh, the Christians, and he says this, What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers! Exclamation point. Man. James, I am so glad I didn't attend his church. Can you imagine that on Sunday if I just stood up and, y'all, bunch of adulterers, bunch of liars, bunch of fornicators, what's wrong with you people? I don't know how that would play out. Maybe I need to do that. But James, uh, James was intense, okay? I just love James. He's so in your face. He just tells it like it is. He says, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Let that sink in just for a moment, okay? That's not even in my preaching notes. That's why he said that. That's why he said, you adulterers, you're cheating on God. That's what he's saying. You realize that? You've got this friendship. You're so consumed with the world, so consumed with your car and your house and where your kids are going to go to school and, and what you're wearing and promotions and money, and you're just, we're just consumed with that. And he's like, you're committing adultery against me. Well, James, tell us what you really think. And he says, well, okay, I'll say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the scriptures mean when they say that the spirit of God is placed within us is filled with envy? In other words, God is jealous for us. He doesn't want to share our affections with anyone else. But he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. And here it is. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God. And he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let's go to prayer one more time as we prepare to 
hear what he's saying to us today. God, thank you so much uh, for the worship today, for being in your house. It's just so good to be in your house today. I want to ask you, church, to pray for uh, the people around you. You might know them, you might not, but um, just pray for them, that they be open to what God wants to say. Uh, Pray also for your own soul. God, we pray against distractions for ourselves. And I ask you to pray for me, too. Just pray for me now, even during the message. As you think about it, pray for me that we would, uh, the Holy Spirit would just speak through me, that I would be sensitive to that and humble to that. Uh, If you're ready, let's uh, give a big Jesus name. Amen. Well, how how many of you uh, would say, and you'd be honest, and say, um, I... I had a fight with a family member in like uh, the past week. Raise your hand. Last week you had a fight with a family member. Okay, good, good, good majority of some, some of you are looking around like, get your hand up right now. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, hand, hands down. Right, how, how many of you would say, let's just, let's just get even more real. How, how many of you, thinking back over the past week, how many of you had a, a fight with a family member, kid, spouse, parent, whatever, uh, in just the past, past week? Hands up. My hand's still up. Um, yeah, I'm up. Okay, good. Thank you for your honesty. How many, how many of you? Uh, how many of you in the last 24 hours would say the last 24 hours? Yeah, so maybe 20. How many of you are like right now? You're in a fight right now. Don't raise your hand. Don't don't raise your hand. Like, so right now. Yeah, right now we are fighting, and we're gonna take this over later. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, we're we're talking about relationship killer number four today. Fighting, fighting. What's interesting about fighting is. When you, when you fight, usually it's over something petty and meaningless that escalates into something crazy that you never intended. Laura and I have been married almost 31 years. Uh, and one of our biggest fights, and I would probably say our, our, the biggest fight we ever had was early on in our marriage, and it was over a movie. Uh, and, and if you've been here through this series, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, our family is intense about movies. Like the biggest fight I ever had, like with sky was over frozen. And now this is, I'm like, man, there's just this pattern that develops. We're very passionate about our movies. Uh, so, uh, but, but, so we had this fight over what is the greatest movie of all time? And I want you to think about right now, what is the greatest movie of all time? Greatest movie of all time. Think about that. Okay, you got it? You got it? I want you to turn the person to your left, turn the person to your right, and tell them what you think the greatest movie of all time is. Okay, go. All right. Uh, how, how many of you, how many of you, when you turned, you, uh, you agreed with the person? You agreed? How many of you totally did not come to the same conclusion with the movie? Raise your hand. Almost all of us, okay? Uh, And then the other half of you didn't even participate. Thank you for coming today. Yeah, so our our biggest fight was over a movie. Uh, We were married less than five years, and we were in Springfield, Missouri, visiting her brother and sister-in-law, and somehow the subject of movies came up, and my sister-in-law said, the greatest movie of all time is Star Wars. Okay? And... And so we started having this, this conversation, and then Laura said, Star Wars is not the greatest movie of all time. The greatest movie of all time is Gone with the Wind. And my sister-in-law said, no, it's Star Wars. And my brother-in-law, he's sitting there, and, and Laura, and she says, no, it's a fact. It's a known 
fact. That's pretty much the way she said it, too, to my sister-in-law. Gone with the Wind is the greatest movie ever. To which then her brother pipes in and is like, well, sister, I don't think you can really say that. She's no! And it is escalating. And we're sitting there, and, and she, she turns to me and says, Gone with the Wind is the greatest movie ever. Tell him, Brad. Now, in that moment, I know what I should have done, but I made a total rookie mistake, and I hesitated. Which was truly the Holy Spirit in that moment interceding on my behalf to say, get this one right, son. But I hesitated, and then I turned to my wife, and I was like, well, baby, you, you really can't say that. Nobody really knows. Kaboom! World War Three erupts in the living room. What do you mean? You can't... And this, and that, and that next thing I know, we were packing our bags. Not kidding. Packing our bags early and getting out of there. I mean, it was... This fight was, I mean, this should have been the pay-per-view event, okay? This was way better than Mayweather and Pacquiao, way better. And we're in the car, and our firstborn son is locked in the car seat in the back. I remember us driving. We're going down I-44, and we are just going, I mean, just ripping at each other about this movie. And she gets so bad, she's just sitting there. She finally just says, just stop the car and let me out right here. I'm like, baby, we're like... An hour and a half from the house. I do not care. I cannot be in this car with a man who talks like this. Wow. So let me just go on record as saying, Gone with the Wind is the greatest movie <laughs> of all time. All time. Hands down. Man, so relationship killer number four is fighting. The thing is, relational conflict is, is inevitable, right? I mean, if you're in a relationship, there, there's going to be conflict. It's just, just part of it. But the problem is, is that we, we expect that we're going to get into a relationship and there's going to be no conflict. Or, or we, we make it the goal to, to not have conflict. That's the goal. Is to not, and that's not what the goal is in our relationships, whether it's a marriage or, uh, or a child or uh, a parent or a friend or a coworker. If you're in relationship with anyone, there is going to be conflict. The only way to eliminate conflict is to eliminate the relationship. And even at that, there's still resentment that hangs on for years and years to come. So if conflict is if reducing, get rid of conflict is not the goal. Here's what I would say. Here's what we got to do. The danger here, the danger is, is when conflict escalates to combat. That's the danger. When it escalates to combat, what happens is there's a lot of damage that can be done in a relationship. Many times the damage that is done takes years to overcome. If not, maybe it can't even be overcome. So for just a few minutes that I have here this morning, what I want to talk about to you, if you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down, is what we've got to learn to do is to stop fighting with one another and start fighting for one another. We've got to stop fighting with one another and start fighting for one another. James tells us 
how to keep conflict from escalating to combat. Look again at verse 1. He says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from what? Let's say this together. Don't they come from what? The evil desires at war within you. In in other words, what James is is saying here is we've got to address the internal war before we address the external war. There's an internal war that's going on. But, But isn't it true, isn't it true that when you're fighting with someone, they're the problem, right? They won't listen. They won't do what they're supposed to do. It's their actions. It's their words. They're the problem. Now, truthfully, right now, you you might say to me, Brad, you, you don't know what's happened in my relationship. You don't know how they're treating me. They are mistreating me. You don't know how they've wronged me. You don't know what they have done. And I'll, I'll give you that. That's very, very true. Very true. Some of you I know have been deeply wounded. You've been hurt. There's no excuse for abuse. and We don't have to take abuse. And that's not what James is talking about. It's not what Christ is talking about. That's not what the scriptures are about. But here's what you have to understand. No matter what, you will never be held accountable for their actions. We need to understand that you will not be held accountable for someone else's actions. You're only going to be held accountable for your own. You're going to be held accountable for your own. That's what James talks about here. He says, listen, James says that fighting begins with the fight within me. He says this, evil, the evil desires at war within me, within me. Paul, when he, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was starting churches all around the world, when he started the church uh, with the Galatians in, in Galatia, he said this, he said, our, our, it's our selfish desires. He wrote them a letter and he, t- he talked about it this way. He said, it's our selfish desires that are within us and they wage war against the desires of God. There's this battle going on within you. Write this down. Galatians 5.17. Look that up later. Galatians 5.17. Paul says it this way. He says, we all have a sin nature. We all have this selfish nature within us. And if you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? It's doing battle daily with the Spirit of God. And Paul says we're never free from that battle. He said it's constantly raging inside each one of us. Don't you feel that sometimes? Don't don't you feel the, the, the war within you? It's like a Bruce Banner moment. You know what I'm talking about? Like, just, you just feel it just coming over you. Maybe I'm the only one. I mean, I have felt that so many times where it's like, oh, man, you, know, you, you don't want to make me angry because you ain't going to like me when I'm angry. I mean, here in just a moment, man, all my clothes are just going to go, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to be standing here nothing but my pants, and it ain't going to be pretty. I, I, I will tell my kids that. We'll be talking, and it's escalating to a level that it should not be escalating to. And I'm just backing up, and I'm getting mad, and they can see it like, oh, here it comes, man. Any minute now, Dad's church is going to come popping off. I mean, they can just sense it. It's raging up within me. And I've learned to say this to, to, to my kids. I've learned to say this. Listen, uh, this is going to get ugly. I just, this is really going to not end well. I can just, and it's not, it's not you, it's, it's me right now. I mean, I just sense it within me, what's going on within me. And I, I know here in just a moment I'm going to say some things and I'm going to do some things and it's going to be really ugly for both of us. And, and let's, just, let's just not go there. Can we just take a time out? Can we just step away? 
I think that's really important to do. What are you doing in that moment? Whether you're the child or you're the adult or you're the boss or you're the employee or you're the wife or you're the husband, what you're doing in that moment is you're saying, time out, my sin nature is, is winning the battle within me. I, I have the Holy Spirit, but right now I'm letting the sin nature kind of win out, and I've got I to take a time out for just a moment. I've got to get my sin nature under control, and I've got to let the Holy Spirit gain back control of me so that when I come back into this relationship, it's not damaged. That conflict doesn't escalate to combat If you're taking notes, write this down. Before I go to work on them, I need to go to work on me. Before I go to work on them, I need to go to work on me. And for some of you, you may need to pin that up on your bathroom mirror. Some of you may need to put that in your cubicle at work. Before I go to work on them, I need to go to work on me. Because if you don't win... Um, the internal war, it, it will just eventually erupt into an external war, and it just doesn't end pretty at all. And James talks about this external war. Look at verse 2. He says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you, so you do what? Let's say this together. You do what? You fight and wage war to take it away from them. Isn't, isn't that the root cause of most marital fights? Just think about just marriage specifically. Isn't that the root cause is that I want what I don't have? I, I want my way. I want you to do it my way. I want you to be like me. I want what I don't have. I mean, think, think back to, to when, remember when you were dating? Remember, ladies, when you were dating him and you just all like, <laughs> do you remember that? You're all just giddy and goo-goo. I just love you so much, Cuddlebun. You have know those weird nicknames for him, you know? You ain't called him in a long time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, hey, hey. Oh, you're so cute. And you, you completely overlook the faults, don't you? Completely overlook the things that, that, uh, that you don't like or, or maybe that they're different. You, you're so duh in that moment that you don't even see it. And you're just like, oh, he's so cute when he does that. Like he's a puppy or something. He's so cute. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to house train you. You're not going to do that no more. That's what's going to happen to you. We're going to get you neutered. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to fix you. That's a whole other message, ladies. But that's what we do, right? I mean, you think, oh, and, and then you get married. <laughs> you get on the other side and you realize, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Differences. Wow, uh, that we're, we're, we're not exactly alike. And so you think, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to change them, okay? Like, for instance, you're like OCD and they're like TNT. Like, you got a certain way you load the dishwasher. You know, you got, you gotta get the bowls, tick, 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 plates, tick, 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 forks here, knives here, spoons here. But when they load the dishwasher, it's like, how can I find anything? You're the planner. You got a plan. You're working that plan. And they're like more like a social butterfly. They're like, woo, I just go with the wind. Woo. No plan whatsoever. Man, if we followed that plan, we would never get out of the house. So when do you, you just get all frustrated? I'm, man, we got a schedule and we got to go here and we got to do this. The other person's like, just, just go with it. What, one of you likes to be at the party. The other one wants to leave the party. 
Like, that's what will happen right after church. Some of you are like, you get out of here, church will be over, the lobby will be full of people, and you'll be like, man, I just can't wait to get out of here, and these people stop talking to me, i got to get out, I'm out, see you later. And then you got your, your spouse, but what are they doing? They're like, hey, hey, hang on, another 30 minutes, hey, I got to stop, hey, hey, hey. like, you're never going to leave. Because why? Because we're different. We are very, very different. And so what do we do? James says this. I fight and I wage war to get my way. I'm not getting my way. I'm not getting the results I want. So I'm going to fight and wage war until I get it. The truth is we need to stop fighting with one another and we need to start fighting for one another. Laura and I, like I said, we've been married almost 31 years and, and we're, <laughs> we're just different. Sometimes we look at each other and we're like, how did we end up together? Because we are just polar opposites. like, I, I imagine that on our wedding day, when we were standing there, and you know that time where you're facing each other and just kind of have that look, you know, you're like, I love you so much. I love you too. You know, you whisper, nobody else hears that whisper. But you're thinking thoughts in your mind. Okay, I know in that moment, 30 years ago, when we were facing one another, I think this is the image that Laura had in her mind. Okay, that's what she thought. That's what she thought our marriage was going to be like. And we're going to have tea parties, and we're going to have picnics. And he's just going to be at my beck and call. And he's going to have a nice little horse. And we're going to go riding through the meadow. I mean, so I just think that's what she probably thought. So I'm looking at her, and here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> we are going to take that hill, baby. You and me, we're going to conquer the world. Ain't nobody going to stop us. Here come the Farnsworth. Shabam! Okay? Couldn't be more opposite. Laura, she's like, oh, I just want to have a little bubble bath with some a candle and some Michael Buble. And I, I can just, I'll be straight up with you. I have, I don't care how bad my day has been. I don't care how bad it has been. I have never come home one single time and said, I just want to take a bubble bath, get some candles, and please put on some Michael Buble, please. <laughs> Listen, man, if that's you, I'm really sorry. But don't, just don't tell any other guy that you're doing that, okay? We're just, man, we're just, we're just different. But what Laura and I have learned to do is, uh, for us it's important, to, we've learned to honor and respect our differences. In other words, I'll, I've learned to say this, that, you know, if it matters to you, honey, it matters to me. If you like that, then I want to learn to like that. If you, if you care about that, then I, I want to care about that. I might not ever be into that. It might not be ever my thing. But I, I want to say if that, if that matters to you, if that's important to you, then, then I want to give you, honor you with that. And the, here's the other thing we've learned to do. We've learned to honor and respect each other by changing. Changing those things that irritate one another. Because Laura and I are so different. So different. But it took us a long time to learn this. If you're not married or you're newly married, pay attention. This will save you many, many years. It took us a long time to figure this one out. But, but we started saying, you know what I started saying? Man, if it bothers you, it bothers me. And I'm willing to change. If it irritates you, if it upsets you, then it irritates me and it upsets me. I want to change. And we've learned to come a little bit more to the center for one another and lay down our differences, set them aside for the sake of one another. 
Our sin nature battles against that and says, don't do that. Get your way. Get what you want. Fight for what you want. But the Spirit of God says, no, lay down your life for that person. So that's what we have learned to do. Do we do it with perfection? Not even close. But we help one another. And we respect one another. We've got to learn to do that. So I want to give you four things as we wrap this up here. Four things that I want you to work on this week, okay? And I'd like for you to write this down. So get out your phones or if you want to write it down, grab a pen and write this down. I'm going to give you four things that I think are going to help you this week when it comes to fighting. But if you don't write these down, you're, going to, you're not, going to, not going to help you at all, okay? You're not going to remember these, okay? So there's four of them, and, they, and James tells us about them in verse 7 and 8. He says this, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So here's the four, okay? Number one, humble yourself before God. If you want conflict to not escalate to combat, humble yourself before God. It's tough to pick a fight when you're on your knees. It's just tough to pick a fight when you're on your knees. We, we read earlier where James was saying in verse 3, he said, when you pray, okay, now this is big, okay, because you need to be on your knees humbling yourself before God in prayer for that relationship. But most of the time, when we're on our knees and we're praying about that relationship, we're praying about the other person. And James says in verse 3, he says, when you pray, the reason God's not answering your prayer is your motives are all jacked up. You're doing it for your own pleasure. You want what you want. Here's how we pray. God, show them their faults. God, show them where they're wrong. God, bring fire from heaven and smite my boss. Hallelujah. That's what we pray. God, why won't you answer my prayer? My boss is being a jerk. Why won't you, man, why won't you answer my prayer? Because he says, your motives are all wrong. What we need to be doing instead of saying, show them, we need to say, show me. Humble yourself before God. No matter what situation you're in, God, what do you want to change in me? Number two, James says, resist the devil. Resist the devil. I think one of the funniest comments we make is this. Oh, they make me so mad. Nobody can make you do anything. Oh, but they make me so mad. I just, I can't believe they do that. And they just, I just, oh, and I just can't handle that. I just, I just, just make me so mad. No, they didn't make you mad. They didn't make you do anything. You decided to get mad. You decided to act on your sin nature. It had nothing to do with them except that they maybe goaded you into that, but you're the one who acted on it. And that's why James says, resist the devil. We all have a choice how we will respond. Back in, in, in verse 1, what does it say? We wage war. There's a war that's waging within us. Our sin nature against the Spirit of God comes back to what I said just a few minutes ago. There's times you want to resist the devil when you feel the Hulk coming out in you, Bruce Banner coming up in you in that moment. Time out. Time out. Resist the devil. I'm, I'm going to resist the urge to blow it right here. And I'm going to call time out. So resist the devil. Number three, draw close to God. This is different than humbling yourself before God, but draw close to God. 
usually it's our words that get us in trouble, isn't it? I mean, when you're fighting, it's usually the words. And if you missed last week, we talked about the power of words. If you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast. But it's our words that, that really get us in trouble. That's why we need to be feeding on the Word of God. Are you getting the Word of God into you? Because that's what's going to come out of you. I talked about that a, a, a few weeks ago. Listen, let me just say it this way. Let me, let me just go James on you, okay? Okay, are you ready? You buckled in? If the only time you're drawing close to God is this one hour right here, you, my friend, are not close to God. You are fooling yourself. If you wonder, why can't I get, why can't I this? Why is this always happening? Why is this going this way? If this is the only hour that God has got you, you are far from God. That's tough, but it's the truth. And you need to get right with God. You need to repent of that. And that's number four. Number four, purify your heart. Purify your heart. I, this is the hardest one right here. Purify your heart. Sometimes you've got to seek forgiveness from God and those that you've wounded. Admitting before God that you're the one that messed up is really not easy to do. Going to the person that you've wounded and asking their forgiveness, it's hard. If you're taking notes, though, write this down. Being right doesn't give me the right to act that way. Being right doesn't give me the right to act that way. I've had to learn that lesson many times as a father and as a pastor. It kills me. There's times that I'm right, but I say things the wrong way to my children. But I've tried to learn as a dad to go to each of my children when I've wounded them or I've spoken out of turn or I've lashed out at them and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't have any right to act that way. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Because one of the most important gifts we can give to our children, parents, is to admit you're wrong. It's okay. It's okay. What you're teaching them is the art of forgiveness and the art of confession. If you never say you're wrong, you're teaching them, hide your faults. Cover those things up. That's what you're saying as a parent. But the best thing you do is go to them and ask for them. Go to your spouse. Go to your boss. Go to a coworker. I don't know, a friend. Man, I'm sorry. As a pastor, there's been a few times this, in the past 15 years that I've had to do that. I can, I can remember two specific instances where I was right, but the way I handled it was wrong. One was over 10 years ago, and I wounded a good friend of mine. I was right, but I went off on that person because they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing and this and that and this other thing. And, I, and we talked, and I, it, just got, it just got ugly. And I had to go back to them, and I had to say, man, I'm really sorry for the way I acted to you. I praise God because he reconciled that relationship, and that person's still a good friend of mine to this day. So I'd like for you to bow your heads. Let's just examine our hearts here for just a moment. Which of those four do you need to work on? You might be here and you're a follower of Jesus. Your sin nature is winning out. You're sick of it. 
You say, man, today, Brad, I want to lay that down. I want to lay down my sin nature. I want to lay down my selfishness. I want to fully surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit so He can use me in the right way. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to know how to pray for you today. See your hands over here on the sides, in the middle, in the front, in the back, over here on these side, in the front, everywhere. Hands up. Let me pray for you, God. For those who have their hands raised right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would forgive them. Forgive them. For what they've done. I thank you that you bring forgiveness for the believer. You bring us back into relationship with you. And in this moment, God, as they lay down their selfishness, as they surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit, fill them completely with you in Jesus' name. May that be gone from them. May the Spirit of God now win out every time. As they are filled with you completely, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Put your hands down. You might be here today. You're not a follower of Jesus. Listen, you you need Jesus, Son of God. All those things that you've done. He says, I can forgive you for that. Your sins, I'll remember no more. I'll take them away. I'll make you new. I want to give you my spirit. Today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into a saving relationship with him. And it just begins with a simple prayer of confession saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. I have made a lot of mistakes. But I believe you are who you said you were. Jesus was the Son of God. He did come. He did die on the cross for my sin. He offers me forgiveness, and I accept that forgiveness today. God, make me new prayed that prayer today, I won't embarrass you. I just want to know who you are. Would you just slip up your hand? If you prayed that prayer today, make a commitment. Thank you. See you over here on the sides. Anybody else pray that prayer to make Jesus the Lord of your life today? God, for those who've made that commitment to follow you, praise you for forgiveness and new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a big hand clap for new life, new commitments? to follow Him. Man, praise God.